we're finding a way to target a very specific audience. But in that case, you're going to be dealing with an audience that has uh, not only a uh, issue and a need for a professional service, but they're dealing with a very emotional situation or particular mm. type of trauma. So in that case, it's not just a matter of running the advertisements to be able to engage them and then funnel them into a lead. Um, it is trying to figure out the best way to communicate with that personal. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hello there. I'm with Evan Lamont from TLG Marketing today, and Evan is a um, going to tell you about TLG. But I'll let you know TLG is a marketing is a, um, uh, a digital marketing agency that works with B2B and professional service businesses. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Evan, tell us a little bit about what TLG Marketing is. Then, well, TLG Marketing has been a lot of things over the years, but uh, as we've uh, transitioned uh, over the last 13 years in business. What we focus on now is professional service and B2B businesses and providing solutions to the unique challenges or issues that the business has. Maybe not so necessarily in the marketing space. It can also be dealing with reputation matters or advertising or application or functionality issues. But what we try to do is to solve business issues through um, digital marketing and technology. That's great. Can you give us an example of what a typical client, how you've solved a problem for a typical client? Of course. So when it comes to you know solving a, a particular issue, they can range all over the board. So our clients are in the B2B and professional service space. And so what it means is that they're, they're usually dealing with clients that have um, uh, unique challenges inside of a niche market or a niche space. For example... Like in the professional services space, that might be attorneys that practice um, elder abuse or nursing home abuse litigation. Okay. And so in that case, it's we're finding a way to target a very specific audience. But in that case, you're going to be dealing with an audience that has uh, not only a uh, issue and a need for a professional service, but they're dealing with a very emotional situation or a particular mm. type of trauma. So in that case, it's not just a matter of running the advertisements to be able to engage them and then funnel them into a lead. Um, it is trying to figure out the best way to communicate with that personal, with that individual in a personable manner. What sort of images we need to be able to show to display uh, a confidence that it's not just, you know, a cut and dry law firm, that mm -hmm. the firm is actually there to support your needs and that they specialize in that area. So Evan, what really sets you and your agency apart from all the other agencies that are out there today? So it's a great question. It's actually one that I've really struggled to answer over the years. You know, I don't have um, all the answers for that. But what I found is that what separates TLG from some of these other companies out there uh, is not only my staff's ability to, to interface with a specific problem, but really my, um, my time and my consultative experience to step in and find a solution to that matter, no matter no matter really what it takes. So tell us a little bit about you and your background then. Where are you, you went to school for marketing and, you're in, and your family was in uh, publishing, right? So tell us a little bit about that background. So um, I started, I was fortunate enough to have a computer put in front of me at a very young age and just found it fascinating. Um, that in combination with growing up 
uh, in elementary school and middle school in the age of AOL. Mm. Um, early on in instant messaging, working in AOL chat rooms. You've and, got mail. A, precisely. <laughs> discovering um, that there is a bigger world out there and that your computer is the, the terminal and the access to it. Um, and to have the unlimited amount of time from a summer vacation to be able to pour into it mm. and uh, a household that didn't receive a lot of phone calls so we could keep that dial-up internet going all, all day long. <laughs> um, so I was really fortunate in that standpoint to have access to technology to be, uh, and also when I became a entrepreneur and started my company, um, around the same time where digital marketing became a thing. Mm. Um, you know, we all take Google and Facebook and the types of advertising platforms that TLG Marketing works on um, for granted. It hasn't been around for all that long. Right. And even in my early days of pitching that sort of business, um, you know, I got, well, that, you know, that's how you talk to the kids. But what we really need is, you know, print advertising and a good radio campaign. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's great to be in a time now, once again, that we kind of take for granted where it is mainstream mm -hmm. and people look at platforms like Google and Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, email marketing, everything that happens on digital as the mainstream mm -hmm. and as the, the foremost way that businesses should advertise. So in, in a way, there's some certainly some luck to it, being born at the right time, having access to some of the right tools. But um, marketing certainly wasn't my background. My background was in uh, PR coming out of school. Oh, I uh, was a graduate of a school up in Washington State called Whitman College, mm -hmm. a small liberal arts school. But I did my master's work here at Long Beach State mm. in their sport management division. Mm -hmm. I envisioned myself becoming a sport agent. So how did you uh, how did you go about from being a sport agent or wanting to be a sport agent to then uh, running and starting uh, uh, your marketing firm? This is where we can thank uh, a startup baseball league called the Golden Baseball League that was uh, founded in 2003 and um, had a, a very short, maybe three or four year reign. I served as the director of public relations for the Long Beach Armada, which played here in town at Blairfield and um, got some really good connections from that standpoint, working incredible hours. Minor league baseball is a grind. All right. Um, you know, you have a seven or eight game homestand combined with office hours and all that. Not just for the players, but for the staff also. Ooh, the, yeah, absolutely. But um, a really fun summer and it helped me to develop a um a mentality when it came to work that it's not about how much time you put into it it's about getting the job done the results uh, the results done and oftentimes that means way more hours than less right. um, in order to achieve that uh after a year with that team i actually went to work for a boutique pr agency here in town mm -hmm. um cut my teeth with them for about nine months mm. before i realized that i think i can do this by myself just nine months it took you to realize that well not just realizing what should be done in an agency, but what shouldn't be done too. Okay. And I think that that's really important. You can learn as much about um, how to manage from a bad manager as you can from a good manager. Tell us more about that. Tell us what you learned or tell, tell us what you mean by that. Well, to some degree, I feel like the I got a peek behind the curtain um, or a crash course in how to run a small business and mm. how to run a, a PR agency at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, because since it was small, you're, I was wearing many hats. I was writing the press releases. I was pitching out. I was staffing events. I was talking with clientele and it was really, a, a like I said, a crash course in not just, um, being a public relations specialist, but how to manage and run a small business. Mm -hmm. I felt that, 
and and I still keep in touch with the the owner of of that agency uh, to this day. But um, when I left that company, I had at least the confidence to know I can do this. Good, good, good. So then you left the company, you started your own, you had one or two clients to begin with, and then grew from there. And that when was that? What was tell us about that journey? So that was in 2006, and I was 25 years old, and I just felt that um, I knew uh, I knew enough to get off the ground, but I didn't quite know enough to um, establish a really successful business at that stage. And what I found was we started to pick up clients in the PR space. I had a, a pretty good background in graphic design. At that time, my brother came on board with the agency, and we were starting to, to really get some momentum. Uh, and then the recession hit. Mm. And um, in a very short period of time, we lost some of our anchor clients. Oh, boy. We lost uh, a significant amount of our revenue. And what we found was that PR was very easy for companies to let go. Mm. PR at that time was very difficult to determine return on investment on. And it's very much an ego-driven form of marketing. Mm -hmm. At that time, people wanted to see themselves in the magazines and the newspapers and on TV and it was very difficult to attribute any sort of um, you know, business revenue to that. Hard metrics to say that because you saw this many views of your magazine, you know, that you received you didn't even revenue. know the views. Yeah. You know, you it's just you're know. in the March yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah. And so they dropped you guys out then, the PR, and then did you reinvent the firm then after that? Or what happened? How did you become morph into where you are now? Well, it's a, it's a, a good question because as much as, as we started losing accounts, we were losing accounts for that service. But as almost an add-on, we were providing website services and at the time, a burgeoning space called Google AdWords. Ah. And we were um, getting pretty good at it. We had a, a number of accounts and I was fortunate enough to attend an event actually put on by KABC at a restaurant in downtown Long Beach. And uh, I'll never forget this because when I was... Um, trying to decide whether I was going to attend the event or not. Uh, I was waiting outside my car, dressed up in a suit, ready to go to it. And I really thought maybe I should just go back upstairs and, um, you know, you don't need to do this. But I decided to do it. It was on a Friday afternoon and I went out to the event. I met a couple quality people there that I still keep in touch with. And as I was leaving the event, the fishbowl that you throw your business card into, uh, they called out my name on a loudspeaker. Okay. And I won a $10,000 advertising program through KABC. Wow. As a small business, um, I thought that was just an incredible opportunity. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. And kind of before I knew it, two other companies had reached out to me and said, what if we just bought that off of you? Oh my gosh. And I thought, that's great. But what if, in addition to buying it off of me, you let me come work for you. Fantastic. Good and move. I acquired two clients that day. I met some great individuals that day. And that event to this day still sticks in my mind as one of the foundational elements of my business and something that helped us transform from, at the time, a PR agency into really, at that time, it was a, a web services company. Right. Uh, little did I know that digital marketing was going to be on this upswing that we're still experiencing today. So you were at the uh, beginning of that wave, that swell that was out there, and stayed on your board and, and have been riding that wave ever since then. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. That's great. Can you tell us a little bit more about, so that was in 2010 or so, I guess, at that, about that time? Uh, yeah, that would have been maybe actually 2000, and that was right during the heart of the recession, so mm -hmm. 2008. After that, um, 
what we decided to do once we had lost you know so much revenue and we had a harder time selling digital services especially to small and medium-sized businesses is we took on a philosophy of of just saying yes mm -hmm. and we took on projects in all kinds of facets from uh, seo to pay-per-click um, website development uh, a variety of digital based services things like graphic design as well and illustrator and photoshop and photo editing just to see what direction the, the company would kind of head in rather mm -hmm. than a strategic decision. We, we just kind of accepted projects and brought on clients. Um, and it wasn't until uh, maybe around 2010 or 2011 that we really started to build some strategy into the types of clients that we mm -hmm. started to acquire. Fantastic. That's great. Evan, can you tell us as someone who started their, your company at such a young age, who did you turn to for uh, advising counsel and uh, your mentors along the way? Well, uh, you know, I looking back on it now, I was definitely hard headed um, and I've kind of believed, well, I, I knew I didn't know everything. I knew a lot of people. I knew most of the people I was talking to. They didn't know anything either. So <laughs> I figured that out. huh? <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if that's the greatest philosophy to, to try to grow a business. But um, present company excluded. Right. Of course, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I what I found was that um, even if someone doesn't have all the answers, they may have some. And I was fortunate enough to not only have some good mentors, including my father, who is instrumental not only in you know me becoming the person I am, but in helping to open doors and be a voice of, of reason and some sound business, implement some sound business practices. Um, but one of the other real advantages of being the CEO and being a um, you know an a agency man and a client man was that I developed really good rapport and relationships with my clients. Mm. And some of my earliest clients wound up not only becoming terrific clients that are still with us today, but mentors in my business. You know, they took me under their wing. They wanted to see me succeed. Um, and they would tell it to me straight when either the services we were providing weren't on par with what they were accepting or what they, they needed done. Um, and also some advice on where they thought the, the future was for my own company. And without that advice, I'm, I guarantee I wouldn't be where I, where I am today. You never know when, you know, one, one particular conversation or relationship is going to change your life. And I feel like I had many of those. That's great. That's great. We put yourself in the right place and, and open enough to, to, to realize that. Right. Uh, Evan, talk a little bit about automation. I mean, you've seen so much automation happening in your industry, in your career. Uh, where is automation going and how will that affect the future of the industry? It's, um, I take it from a business perspective that it can only lead to good things. I think there's a lot of fear out there of the unknown but from what I've seen with automation is that automation benefits businesses like ours because it eliminates some of the grunt work or the basic work and development that needs to be done and helps to free up more creative thinking. The way I see AI implementing some of the things we're doing, whether it's website or application building, maybe even management of online advertising campaigns, which is probably what's being disrupted the most right now through automation is that there still needs to be the individual that can communicate it to the client and can take the client's needs and very complex issues and solve them. So I'm really the figurehead and CEO of TLG Marketing, really embracing automation from where we can in order to stay lean and scale the creative services that we offer and the consultative services that we offer without really affecting the actual work that we're doing. So really explaining the technology and explaining the automation and understanding what it can do and working with your clients and figuring out the needs that they have and then applying that automation or those creative services to what their needs are. That's, that's precisely it. People, you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And clients are often 
experts in their own industry, but when it comes to marketing their their business, uh, they're certainly they can be a real asset from like the qualitative side of it. Mm-hmm. But being able to present them with the right technologies and the right platforms so that they can get their message out to the correct audience is is paramount. Mm-hmm. I bet it is. Evan, what about uh, uh, what is out there in digital marketing space that potential clients don't know about or should know about? For for years, we've been you know really pushing and we've been very bullish on um, a service called retargeting or remarketing Mm -hmm. and uh, we're one of the first agencies to be able to have access through that when it was originally a google beta tool and ever since then we've really tried to keep our finger on the pulse of what's next Mm -hmm. and the the service that winds up fitting really well with our clientele right now is what's called person-based marketing and it takes the same sort of audience targeting that Mm -hmm. you'd have with retargeting or remarketing but instead of building it based on a previous visit or action that a visitor has taken it lets the business be proactive in the selection of the people they want to right you were telling me that this is fascinating yeah tell me more about that i love this so i you know while as much as we utilize the platforms i don't have a complete understanding of exactly how it works but i can describe um, some examples of, of how we're using it and the types of businesses that it can be really successful for. Okay. So when you think of retargeting or remarketing, a visitor comes to your website, they leave without taking an action that you want, and in turn, they are going to be followed with advertisements for a select period of time, 30 days, 60 days, two years, whatever right. it may be. Um, and that often works very well in professional services and B2B where there are longer lead cycles and oftentimes multiple decision makers. So if I go to a Ritz-Carlton website because I'm researching a trip to Hawaii and I don't do anything and I leave the website, then all of a sudden the next day or weeks later, I'll see a Ritz-Carlton ad pop up on my screen when I'm searching for something else. Is that what you're referring to? That That's correct. That's the process of it with likely a higher frequency of ads for the first couple days because mm-hmm. you just showed interest. Yeah. And then you're being segmented into maybe a, a longer tail audience where they're going to just show you uh, maybe a couple ads over the next few weeks, and then maybe just some of their latest promos and specials to try and entice you back if you haven't made that decision. So tell us about what this new marketing is as, as opposed to what I just described. So in, how it works is instead of the Ritz-Carlton requiring you to go to their website first on that action, the Ritz-Carlton would have the opportunity to go out to you proactively and opt you into a campaign like that. How would they know me? How would they find me? So individuals have a unique IP address dedicated to their desktop computers or their laptops, um, whether it's at their office or their home. And how person-based marketing works is it does what's called a reverse IP lookup. So utilizing the same sort of platforms like LinkedIn and Facebook and Google's display network and even some of the native networks that are out there, when an individual that is in-person-based marketing, and let's say John Smith from Acme Core, mm-hmm. um, instead of trying to get Mr. Smith to visit your website initially, you can opt in that individual. So when they log on to their social media networks, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, we know their IP address and can serve advertisements directly oh, to that IP. Oh, I see. So, so if, I'm, if I'm running a, um, a valve manufacturing company and I know the buyer at, a, at, a, at Boeing that is going to be buying valves, I could say, I want John Smith as the buyer at Boeing. He's going to buy valves. So you can target when John Smith opens up his laptop and starts in, he starts seeing ads from my valve company? That's correct. Wow. And the, the real 
real advantage of it is you might not be able to get John Smith's, you might not be able to get the time of day from him. Right. You know, he's, he's a, so busy, he doesn't want to call me back. Ex- exactly. And, you know, you may be a smaller operation that has a hard time competing with a Lockheed Martin or something like right. that. Um, but what you can do is by opting them in through person-based marketing, you can really start to build that top of mind awareness. And best of all, unlike, you know, retargeting or remarketing, where the audience is trackable, but almost anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, you're tracking them based on an ID or a cookie. With person-based marketing, as soon as an individual clicks on an ad from that IP address, you know it was them that clicked. So you're sent an email immediately that says, John, John Smith, Smith just just replied to this. And isn't it a coincidence that John Smith just got a LinkedIn invitation or a direct message from your company just wanting to introduce yourself? Exactly. So you're hitting him while he's looking at you. You're cutting back to him and he doesn't know what's going on. That's correct. So wow. This is, it's... Spooky. It's been a... Spooky is the right way to... <laughs> yeah. It's one word to describe it. Um, but it's it hasn't been around for too long and we're finding it is a great fit for our B2B clients just because... You spend all this money attending trade shows mm-hmm. or trying to to buy audience lists and send out emails when oftentimes in some of our really niche industries, there's only a hundred decision makers in the US or in the world that can actually go ahead and buy your products or be the one that can be your next big client. Right. So we reach out to them directly. It's just about marketing a little bit smarter. That's great. And that's fascinating. And a, a big part of our audience are business owners, and some of them are young. Some have started their companies when they've been 25 years old, and some have been in business for a while. Um, talk a little bit about the challenges or a challenge that you've faced and how you've overcome it. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of, of them. challenges. You know, if 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 you ever want to if you ever want to face every challenge in the world, start a business because um, you're bound to face them from a you know personnel standpoint or from a revenue standpoint, client standpoint. Um, I would say one of the biggest challenges would actually just be, um, you know, the, the confidence to know that what you're doing is is the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I would second guess myself very often early on, figuring that there's got to be someone else out there who's bigger and better, and I don't stand a chance. You know, whether I'm pursuing a particular account or not. And um, what I started to to realize is um, that I needed to have faith in myself as a professional and in the work that we're doing and to, to really strive forward with that. And as a result of it, essentially believing in myself and believing in our work and knowing that what we do is quality, even if we do get negative feedback here and mm-hmm. there, or, um, you know, a project doesn't necessarily go our way, uh, to kind of keep pushing forward with it. And since that time that, you know, I started, you know, having a lot more faith and believing in myself and, and the company more, um, we've been able to make better decisions um, and take action on those decisions instead of being indecisive. Fantastic. So really stick to it. No, believe in what you're doing. Stick with it. it that, that's exactly it. I mean, there's, there's really, there's no one answer to, to solve, you know, business solutions. Oftentimes, um, you know, what I like to do is, is kind of get a, a small group of, of the staff together and collaborate on how we're going to tackle a particular challenge because no two business issues are ever the same. Right. Um, especially when it comes to even companies in the same industry, they may be facing uh, similar challenges, but they aren't the same. And um, knowing that it's better to, to take an action, and especially with the digital standpoint, test and see if it's working or not. Mm, and if yes. not, make a revision and go back because of the amount of data that you can collect. That's better than trying to to come up with the perfect solution the first time. Just get out there, start doing it, start testing, and then tweaking. Yep, very very much so. You know, in in some cases, it's never fun to fail. But you know, if if you fail once or twice and then you succeed, it's better than not succeeding at all. Perfect. Well said. 
Evan, if anyone wants to get a hold of you who's listening to this right now, what's the best way to get a hold of you and reach you? Well, I try to make my calendar pretty open and available to anyone that's interested in chatting with me about business. Um, you can head out to our website and go to tlgmarketing.com forward slash schedule. tlgmarketing.com forward slash schedule. That's correct. And they'll find a way to reach out to you on there? You can access to my personal calendar. You can book a 15 or 30 minute session directly on my calendar, set up a Zoom meeting anywhere in the world. Great. Evan, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much for being part of this and telling your company story. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.